F1 introduces their new car, sprint qualifying added some intrigue to the weekend, and it finally happened. Lewis and Max collide in their quest for the championship, intensifying the catfight between Toto and Christian Horner. Let's jump the start. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Jump to Start Racing program. I'm here with two acquaintances, two guys I met off the street. Ruben, yeah, Ruben, say hello. What's going on, guys? Yeah, and see, who are you? Yeah, exactly. What's up? Hi. Do you like Formula One? <laughs> uh, guys, on today's episode, we'll recap the British Grand Prix weekend and including sprint races, including the incident, quote unquote, the incident. Uh, but before we get into that. I want to ask my two my two guys here. How how was your weekend, Ruben? How was your weekend? It was short. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Good talk. How was your weekend? Good talk. I got burnt. Wah, wah. Good way, baby. There you go. Went down to sunny Florida, chill Woo. with my good friends, including you, Wellington, and an acquaintance, me. And an acquaintance <laughs> <laughs> picked up the street. <laughs> This is why we're recording uh, late today. Today's Wednesday. We usually record on a Monday right after the race. So, um, and my phone is on. <laughs> but yeah, I had a great weekend. I had a really good weekend, man. Shout out to uh, Steven, who showed us a great time down in Tampa. Whoa, and Anthony as well. And Anthony as well, down in, uh, down in sunny Florida. Um, I can't wait for Miami after that, man. Go down to CF1 <laughs> oh in Miami. Woo! I can't wait. Oh, man. So what an so S show fun. that's going to be. Yes, sir. All right. So, so what was your highlight one from the weekend? The flight back. Because <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't remember I, the whole weekend? I, I, yeah, well, we were talking about that. I had a little too much. Let's call it a little too much sun on Saturday. Yeah. We sat down. We went to this place. It's called The Getaway in, in Tampa. Um all of our friends, including Yancey, sat down at another table. And I, I don't know what happened. I was like in another dimension, you would say. And I sat down <laughs> at the bar. I had a meal by myself. I'm like, where are these guys? The man was sitting at the table. Just I was cooked. So he ordered. By the sun. It was too much He ordered on his own. No, no, he was ordering his own. He was just drinking. It was just it's, too much I don't sun. think it was water, though. It was something else in that. It was fire water. Gotcha. And he was just, you know, eating fried shrimp. And, it was lemonade, okay? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so, guys, um, but he, was, he was zoned out. I mean, that sun gets to you, man. It Follow gets. us on our socials, at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter, and also at Jump to Start F1 on Instagram. Uh, we are across many podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, etc. And we're also on YouTube. Hello. Uh, if you've seen more than one of our videos, please hit the subscribe button, drop a thumbs up, and leave a comment. would love to interact with you. Gentlemen, let's get into it. Our race weekend recap. Ruben. Gentlemen, short view back to the Yo, past. we're supposed to be out of it. Not you. <laughs> we are. Okay, let's do it again. Gentlemen, short view back to the past. Man. Guys, thoughts on the... Wellington doesn't continue, though. No. No, because I haven't memorized it yet. Thoughts on the new race weekend format. So, by new, I mean what happened this past weekend, not going forward. Mm-hmm. Practice, qualifying, practice, sprint race qualifying, sprint qualifying. Sorry, it's not a race. Exactly, sprint qualifying. Can't say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the race on Sunday. Thoughts on the format? 
I liked it. I liked it um, because, uh, as we saw, you get very different results coming out of qualifying than you do in the sprint race. Obviously, qualifying is fun because you get to see these cars go balls to the wall, all out, driving on the track, and you're watching the timing sheets, and you just want to know, you know, who went faster, if, if you know, if Max is going to beat Lewis or if Lewis is going to beat Max's sector times, and that's cool. But then you get a chance to kind of redo it again. And just how you saw, you saw Max, I mean, you saw Lewis, you know, put in an awesome lap to beat Max to the line in qualifying. You also saw that you can get a second crack at it in, in order for you to be at a top, in, you know, in a better position in the, in the race. Um, you see, Lewis, I mean, uh, you see Max beat Lewis off the line and Lewis had a terrible start. Um, this is in sprint qualifying. Sprint qualifying. I'm just going like not throughout the weekend where you see Max moves up one spot and he starts at the front of the race. But you also saw Fernando Alonso had a great start during the race, uh, during the sprint race or sprint qualifying, and he was able to move up like no, two totally or three lost, spots. Like, what you're talking about? Yep. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's like you have qualifying, but then you have a, a a redemption to get in a better position for the main event on Sunday. I thought it was awesome. Because it's not all straightforward. Yeah, I think there was there was a lot of things in the air. I think that once we do the other two more times that they're going to do it, mm -hmm. going forward after that, all of the kinks might get fixed. That you know that they would like to get iron out, and it might it might it might work. I mean, this weekend was different because it's the first time doing it, so we were all. I mean, at least I was on a waiting game. Okay, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You know, like. FP2 again. Who the hell watched that? Because they, they couldn't do no changes to the car. They couldn't do much because the cars were already set for the actual race. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I, I see probably sometime in the future they're probably just gonna give away from FP2 because they can't do much. Because remember they qualified the day before, right? So they're already in park for May. Exactly. Yeah. So they couldn't do much in there. So and you have less track running time, so you have less data. So if your setup goes wrong, you're gonna know during the sprint qualifying your setup is wrong. But you can't really do much to change it for the race. Yeah, so you know, obviously, I I'm a big fan of less data because they don't it it, it kind of puts you in a position where it's up to more the driver every once to get the car anywhere. It's not up to the engineers. If you leave it up to the engineers, you give them enough time, then they're just gonna, gonna get fired. You're just gonna put up a ball optimize race. Optimize and optimize and optimize. Yeah. I, so putting it that's not what we want. The second practice being in Park for May. Kind of was, I, for some reason I didn't think of that, it, so it was they essentially had one practice section and that on it, Friday yeah it, to be able to get all the data that they mm -hmm. needed etc. and that kind of to me it only works or it only really worked because it's Silverstone and they have so much data on this track and it goes back obviously for so long. Would that work for example if they go back to Turkey? Would that work if they go to Coda? Like I I don't know like it it. it Worked as the one-off, but we'll have to see going forward where this whole thing ends up. I think you also have to account for that if they, if you have a lot of movement going around in the sprint, you know, from the sprint race to the race, as compared to where you qualified. If there's closer racing, just as the car, the newer cars, which we saw this weekend as well, 
is designed to do to uh, to race closer, you might get more cars overtaking and starting in a better position for the race. So it mixes up the grid even more. So pretty much the I think there was some element of that, mm-hmm. um, but it's not going to be fully integrated. It's not you're not going to see it fully because obviously it's as we saw as the sprint race went on. Not that it was the most fun sprint race. Uh, because once every, everybody got settled into their positions, they mm-hmm. pretty much stayed there. Unless somebody spins out, like a Vettel, or I think the bigger Perez, the Perez was the bigger the the bigger uh, the headline coming out of out of that sprint race. Yeah, for example, this style of weekend, I don't think it's it's gonna be a norm. They're probably gonna just keep doing it the way, same way they did this year. They probably just maybe either stay with three or add a few more. Okay, it'll but, be it'll mm-hmm. be track specific. It'll yeah, be exactly. at the tracks where you can historically. You have enough where the track is wide enough and you can overtake. Okay, but then if I'm Red Bull, if I'm Mercedes, I protest what track these are at because why don't they do it at Hungaro Ring, a track that I'm better at? Why don't they do it wherever? Yeah, yeah that's that. So it could be maybe like a toss-up. So bring it on. It'll make it more interesting for exactly. us. Exactly. So maybe this year they'll do certain tracks, next year they'll do certain tracks. So maybe a lottery thing. Just pick it out or up. We're going to have it in this track. So was it a success? I think so. I think so. I think if you just look at where some people started, where some people finished in the race, or, you know, some people qualified and then started in the sprint race and then started during the race, especially down in the midfield where it's less predictable. If you look at that, of that well, graphic. Where the real action was happening. Yeah, where the, the, I mean, F1 put up a driver movement graphic where you will choose sent to us, um, Ruben. You'll see a lot of lines crisscrossing. So, for example, you see Fernando Alonso, you know, qualifying 11th but starting 7th in the sprint race and and ultimately finishing 7th in the race. Um, you see Perez, you know, starting, basically he didn't finish the sprint race and finishing 16th, which is which was, which, um, considering what happened at the, in lap one of the, of the Grand the Prix, race, yeah. it would have been nice if Perez would have been up top to, you know, pick up the scraps just like he did in, uh, in Baku when, when Max crashed out. So you know there was a lot of uh, different things like like you know, like that like we're, you, it's just le- it's it's less predictable I would say and that's what we want. What did you think, Ruben? No, no, it was pretty much what, similar to what Yancy was saying. It's just this is it was a success because I was the first all the amp that was behind it and the way it played out. You know, just you know what he mentioned, just like the way Fernando Alonso's sprint race went about, like things like that is what we're we're looking for. We're looking for back and forth action, like you know when. And he showed, like for example, when Lewis Hamilton had a horrible start, Max overtook him. So, and it it brings another take on on different aspect of what could happen, you know, in the spring and lead up to the race. If you make a, the slightest mistake in the sprint, now it's going to really affect you in the GP. So, I think it was also success as far as just fan interest. Like you guys said, it's less predictable. It's more entertaining. That's going to put ultimately when we talked about this last year when it was you know, being rumored and reported, we talked about it as something that's going to get people to the track on two days, a little more, uh, a little, I'm sorry, on three days mm-hmm. with the qualifying, sprint qualifying and the race, generate more revenue, make it more sustainable for some of the tracks that have had a history of not being able to put the product on track as uh, regularly, you think of the Nürburgring and all the other places. F1's keeping it around, right? I, I, I would hope so. I mean, we'll see how the next two play yeah, out yeah. because this could be just a one-off. I mean, like I said, you didn't get much movement as far as the the results. You got some. Um, but I think it does. 
the drivers enjoyed it because they obviously don't like practice. They'd rather be racing. Practice. Um, Leclerc said something to that effect that, you know, he enjoyed it a lot because I, instead of sitting, you know, sitting around for a few, for like an hour and a half session and doing tests and stuff, you actually get to, you know, drive the car in anger on, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, I mean, if, and if the drivers are enjoying it, that means that they're going to, they're putting on a good show because at the end of the day, they're the ones that put on the show. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. The sprint race itself. What were some, well, just the sprint race itself. Um, we saw, obviously, Hamilton uh, qualified in, for, in pole position. Uh, Max second, Boras third. And we saw, you know, that trio kind of take off at the start of the sprint race. We saw Max overtake Hamilton and then kind of just disappear into the distance at the uh, Maggots and Beckett's complex mm-hmm. after the cops. Mm-hmm. Um that was kind of all she wrote for for, for the front. at least the front, right? Yeah, yeah. That's well, why I, I lost all my hope during <laughs> during that sprint race. Sprint race, race during that sprint race, we saw that the winner of the race had to be the person that made it through cops, cops first, because fastest. Yeah, fastest because Mercedes, even though during that first part of the lap. Red Bull was faster when they started going down the Wellington Straight. Um, Whoever came out ahead on that, because Mercedes was actually faster on that straight because they had trimmed the the car down better aerodynamically. In the spring, in cops, was Hamilton on the outside? In the sprint race? No. No, no, he actually was. He was on the outside. He was on the outside. And he couldn't take it. Yeah, but it also wasn't that close because Max had already. No, nah, it wasn't that. as close actually. No, yeah. but I'm talking about it's just. But I, I think it. Hamilton saw that he wasn't going to be able to overtake Max on the outside. He exactly. knew that's why. That's, that's why Mike. The best way would be on the inside, and he ultimately showed it. Not only, I and mean, we'll talk about that incident. That incident, not only um, during the first lap against Max, but when he ultimately overtook uh, Leclerc for the lead, he did it at cops GP, yeah. on the inside. And I think he overtook Lando there on the inside as well. Because Lando, who was it? Lando that was running third when he overtook Lando, and the, I don't yeah, he overtook Lando, and then Bottas let him by. Yes, yeah. after after his after mm-hmm. he, he overtook Lando, Bottas let him, and then he then he overtook Leclerc. But, but on, those two overtakes, Lando and Leclerc, were our cops on the inside. But at the, on the actual sprint race, come on, like, would you would you would you want to have a better start than? Alonso did? Jeez. Can you describe what happened? No, Alonso was, I believe, seven from him or, or eight. He, he started just, He started. On the sprint. He started 11th. In the sprint race, he started and by, 11th. You know, pretty much before the first lap was over, he was he Those was words, fifth. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he lost a few places after, but still, mm-hmm. like, he just he just jumped the start. Oh, <laughs> he looked like that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> no, nah, but he, I mean, Alonso's always been good at the start. And obviously, you gain the most places at the start of, of a course. race. Of yeah. course. So did he kept, did he kept, you know, he catch everybody sleeping, or did, I don't know. Did he went full power? Or he, I don't. I think it's just experience. He, he had. Oh, he was also on soft tires versus. Yes. I think mm-hmm. many other drivers were on mediums. mediums. Yeah. So that kind of gave him a pop at the start. But I also kind of want to point out who uh, had the better race, who had the better sprint races, right? You had, you saw Daniel Ricciardo and Norris, right? They they did well. Fernando Alonso, 
You saw Kimi Raikkonen had a, had a good. He went from 17th to 13th. Uh, Fernando Alonso, we just talked about. You're not locked into the performance of the car. You're the better the driver, the better you're going to be doing in these sprint qualifying. Is kind of what I saw. You see from the data and That's what you fair. see and what yeah. you see yeah. from the results. The That's only fair. thing that I really wish is that they would cut down the distance of the sprint qualifying. Just because yeah. then, it, like towards the, but I, think I guess talk- the last third, it was just it kind of everybody fell into place. Everybody was like, "All right, we're good." We're well, because good. now it comes, it becomes a tire issue. Then after that, if yeah. everybody does. Well, and then what's what? But I, I get what you're saying. Like, so they could just also- go. All out the whole the whole time. I, I think it's fair, but what what what's also I mean, and we did touch upon that last week, and I think if we make it a little bit shorter, it'll probably be better. Um, just because obviously the longer the race goes, then people are able to pull out more more of a gap, as we see that uh, throughout any Grand Prix. Um, but um, no, then, I think it becomes then tire management. That's what it became. That's why towards the end it was Well, yeah, that, but that's the whole point. Like, you yeah. know, hey, I can't be that aggressive anymore. I could either settle for what I have already now, try to get more, kill my tires and still go back. Well, and not lose more. But, that's why, more but that's why those gaps And I think that's what happened up. to Alonso, why he I, lost yeah. two more spots. Yeah, that's why the gap opens up because now you're getting into fuel management and tire management. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we don't want. We just want a straight out race. Um, and, but what what's also good about the sprint weekend format is that now, usually when we have a regular qualifying on Saturday and, mm-hmm. a, and, a, and a race on Sunday, for Q2 you have to you have to start on the on the tire that you start Q2 you say, you say for the sprint race uh, for the sprint qualifying oh, yeah. and the Grand Prix. All the drivers get to choose the tires that they want to start yes. on, mm-hmm. so it makes it great for strategy. Even though everybody went on the same tire, except for maybe. Two people, I think. I think everybody went on the meetings to start doing. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Yeah. So yeah. So one other thing I wanted to touch upon, two guys that touched upon, George Russell and Carlos Sainz had an incident at the cops' corner, where actually, Yancy, you described it perfectly mm-hmm. earlier, where it looked like George Russell almost drove into Carlos, Carlos Sainz, right. receives a what was it, a three place three penalty? Place, yeah, exactly. Kind of foretelling what was going to happen, and it just kind of uh, the FIA and the stewards have been very consistent about calling driver infractions and penalties. Just yo, know, you can't be doing it. Mm-hmm. Make sure to keep apart. Do what you got to do to maintain that distance. Yeah, I mean, and and it was pretty clear that um, George literally just swooped in on on Carlos. Um, so I, I didn't see any problem with that penalty, to be honest with you. Just looking at the incident. A little too aggressive from George. He got to learn how to, mm-hmm. how to, you know, pick his, his, uh, his size and pick his times. Yeah. 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 That, that move, he was not, I don't think he was, he wasn't going to be able to. Uh, yeah. To I mean, it. cops is a, it's a fast corner, so it's tricky. You got to know your breaking points. Um, and we'll see. I mean. And he just shot the car in there. And then, you know, as we saw with Lewis and, and. And, and, Max. and Max, yeah. If you if you get it wrong, then you go off. Okay. Anything else to talk about with regards to the sprint qualifying? So I'll just I'll run down the order. We didn't actually run down the order for qualifying. Hamilton first, Verstappen second, Bottas third is what we talked about. Charles Leclerc fourth. Just I, I don't know. We'll talk about him later, but I don't know. He keeps doing it. Sergio Perez fifth, Lando Norris sixth, Daniel Ricciardo seventh, George Russell eighth. I forgot to mention, mm-hmm. 
Mr. Saturday. Did anybody notice that? Williams, Mr. Friday now. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Williams put him out there by himself. Like they waited until everybody was off the track or coming off of the track, and then mm-hmm. they put him out there. I was like, holy crap, this is like kind of genius because now all the traffic's gone. You have the whole track to yourself. The rubber's worn in. And remember that the Williams is very tricky because depending on where the wind blows, yeah, is literally where that <laughs> car finishes. <laughs> so if you if they put them, what they did was that they put them out there. You have no turbulence from any other cars, any any wake from any other cars coming by. It's just up to George Russell to put in a good lap, and he did, and he sure did, like he always does. I mean, the guy is consistently out driving that car. You know one one thing about the the actual qualifying that I noticed. Lewis's fastest lap was not the last lap that he did. Like, no, he, like it was the first lap. Mm-hmm. And has happened already in previous GP, whether it be he other like drivers. Lost, he lost the car like on the last turn. Have you noticed like also, that. Yeah, also, he actually went into like yeah. a slide. Yeah. He, he drifted a little, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but I think that's up to just, um, the way Silverstone is on the tires. Obviously, you put, on, you put it for your first run, the tires seem to be more grippier. Than they are for the second run. No, so I'm saying like, because it's it, just a lot of tire wear. It has happened already, not necessarily just with Lewis, but even with other drivers. That their fastest time is actually the first lap that they do instead of the. That's been like history, like right? the whole season. This season, right? I I tires can't explain seem to it. Be dropping off, but they they sw- they go into the pits after their first one and switch tires. Yeah, so that's yeah. not even a. I don't know if it's maybe... It's, it's the track temperature, maybe? I don't know if it's also traffic effective, too. Because remember, now when they're doing the second lap, it's, the track is getting overloaded with everybody coming out as well. Mm-hmm. But that's the same thing on the first one. No, I think because the first one is more strategic on picking when to come out and just more time. And people are coming out for the second lap. I think which, it's the same thing. No, I'm telling you. It's a big, it has to be something to that effect. Because it's getting to the point a lot of times when they're getting ready to do the second fastest lap. And they're barely making the times. Some of these guys are sometimes not even beating the clock. I think to this be is the case for Detective Ruben. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know what you should do. We have we know a tire expert. Uh huh. Eddie. Hey, Eddie. You go. We bring Eddie talk back. to Eddie. Call <laughs> <laughs> him up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else to talk? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me go back to the, the qualifying results that we didn't finish. Mm-hmm. Ninth was Carlos Sainz after George Russell's eighth, and tenth was uh, Sebastian Vettel. Just doing his thing, Sebastian Vettel. Uh, the sprint race results: Hamilton first. I'm sorry, Verstappen first. Because he won the race. Because he won the, the race. Uh, Hamilton second. Bottas third. Charles Leclerc fourth. Um, Sergio Perez. We saw him go off the track. That's one thing that we actually didn't mention. That uh, was uh, very unfortunate. Um, just loses the car. He lost the car. That's it. Just loses it. They told him pit mm-hmm. before even the, the end of the, the sprint race. and We need to retire the car, I guess. Yeah, that was it. Uh, so Lando Norris fifth. Danny Ricardo sixth. This is still the sprint qualifying. Uh, seventh was uh, Fernando Alonso. Eighth was Vettel. Ninth, George Russell. And tenth was Esteban Ocon. Alpine. So. Alpine seemed to be going really well this week. Doing their thing. Yeah. Doing their thing. Um, Alonso's gotten, gotten his groove. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's exciting to watch him yep. race, man. It's exciting to watch I him. I don't know if it's a function. Of, well, well, we'll talk about Alonso later. Actually, we have a section for him. Mm-hmm. Um, the race itself. Uh, I got to tell you guys. Up until the crash, that was one of the most exciting first laps I have ever seen in all of my watching Formula One. They were back and forth. The whole time. It was... Yeah, I think the only other one would be at the same track. It would be... Um, 
Botas and Hamilton. It was a lot of fun to watch when they were going at it. I think it was in 2018. Um, yeah, but that was by far one of the 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 like first lap that was like go especially at the front because it, it was so one of the most was, th- three quarter or a, a third of a lap that you see. Yeah, I mean it was because you get you get to see a lot of like you know, um, you know the going back and forth in the midfield, but you don't see that a lot in the front. It's usually falls in line pretty quickly. Whoever yeah. gets the best start. Yeah, whoever beats pretty much the first but corner is always But as far as wheel to wheel battle, you don't get to that see that. Nice that was that was fun. So I'm at the edge of my seat the whole time. I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I'm going nuts. Um, The geography of cops or of of the track itself, I want to kind of just bring it up somewhere. So you're you're coming down off of the Wellington Street, my street. You're going to Brooklyn's turn, (laughs) the Luffield turn, and the Woodcote turn, right? From there, you hit a straight. Cops is a high-speed corner. Right. The racing line is further into... It, it's not around the outside of that turn, not like very far on the outside. It's more about um, trying to cut the corner so that you could maintain speed, smallest distance, whatever. Right. So the entrance of the turn would be like middle of the track. And you start, you're, you're on the outside of that straight and mm-hmm. you cut in as tight as you can at cops, maintaining as much speed as possible until you hit the Maggots Beckett's complex and you're mm-hmm. doing your thing, right? We see in that corner, Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton on the inside. Max Verstappen is ahead. We'll call it has the preferential treatment going into the racing line. Mm-hmm. We see not by much, not by much, but he's ahead, right? So like established norms, right? He's got the preferential treatment. We see Hamilton pops up on the onboard for Verstappen. Verstappen kind of pulls ahead, and then you see Hamilton and Verstappen come together. Verstappen goes off the track. Hamilton continues the race. Obviously, they stopped the race because it was such a crazy impact that they had to repair the the barriers. Yeah, that was fifty was it 51 Gs. Fifty one Gs. Fifty one Gs. Any mere mortal would have one G less than uh, than Roman Grosjean's crash and and Bahrain, and we saw what happened with that. Okay. That was insane. Well, let's talk about penalty aside. What did we think of the incident? Whose fault is it? Racing incident? What do you guys think? Ruben? I think it was a racing incident, but a little more faulty towards Hamilton. But it was still a race incident. So what do you want these guys to do? Like, oh my God, let me, let me fall back. Because I don't want. Did you guys, these guys got to be aggressive, especially the way they started. You know, like. I believe before that they 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 touched before that as well, before getting to, to yeah the, they did I don't know. They, briefly they, they, they did yeah. they touched briefly before that. So mm-hmm. what do you want these guys to do? Like this is a, such a tight you know, the cars are so the rebel car is faster, but they're still like so similar as well mm-hmm. when it comes to to the actual speed. And so it's it's just tough with this. Hamilton's not gonna let all year long Max to beat him on the aggressiveness because mm-hmm. Hamilton. Also has his his claws and also has you know the things that he he knows how to do and, he, and he's not gonna let uh, he's not gonna let Max manhandle him kind of stuff in, yeah. with the car and you know ha- uh, Max he did in the in the onboards he did something to the steering wheel to us 
it looks like a long time, but when you're racing, it's not that long. Meaning, when you first see that he jerks the wheel a little bit, I believe that was to cover Hamilton. Then mm -hmm. when he goes again, it's actually to take the turn. Yeah, it happens like so quick. Milliseconds. Dude. Exactly. So Milliseconds. he goes, turns the turns the wheel a little bit. I believe that was to cover Ham. Maybe in his mind, this guy's not going to be crazy enough to come in like that. Let me just take my turn. Mm -hmm. Because in his world, I'm ahead by, I don't know, a quarter of a car. But the turn is mine. Mm -hmm. So that's... He's got to back out, right? Yeah. Hamilton got to back out. That's, that, that's in, the, in the area where I blame Hamilton a little bit. But they were so close as far as like when they got to the actual turn or the beginning of the breaking zone, they were pretty much neck to neck on that aspect. I believe Max... You know, beat him a little more on the on the breaking aspect. You know, he break less, and that's when he he got the the win up front. I remember but, that, or downshifted less, or whatever you want to call it. You know, when you're on the inside, you have to break first, because. Mm. So. But wait, wait, and and even that, mm. it's also, I don't think regardless of where he break, he had the inside. Well, uh, Hamilton was not gonna make that turn. No, yeah, without yeah, without he mixed, he, without doing. A Rosberg, I mean, push him all the way he, out to the grass. Yeah, he he missed the apex, not by much, but he did miss. Yeah, we're talking about Hamilton because he was already he had a little bit of understeer, so he didn't have a car in full control. Um, so I want to point out, yeah. I, I said the I did the setup the way I did on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. So Hamilton didn't even take the fastest line through. He missed the apex, had a bit of understeer, so he did not go where he needed to hit for his turn. He yeah. was outside he the, did not even hit the fastest line the, but the reason why he because obviously the fastest line is more on the outside than on the inside but the reason no for, you're coming off of the straight mm -hmm. the turn is up here you're coming off of the straight and it's almost me, flattened out well, so you're no you're not i mean you don't not all the way on the outside but i'm saying it has to be more on the more more towards the middle but not all the way on the outside okay what i'm saying is that he was more on the inside than what he should have been yes but the reason why he did that is because Max push him then. No, wait, let's go back to the sprint race. Yes. Okay. Okay. Let's go back to the sprint race and see what happens. Hamilton knew because of the sprint race, one, for the most part, the Red Bull was fastest on every other part of the track mm -hmm. except for the Wellington straight going into High speed. Okay. Because they trimmed the car that had less downforce. That's that was a part of the track. That uh, Mercedes, that Mercedes car was faster than the Red Bull. Hamilton knew because of the sprint race that he had to beat Max going into cops and take the lead. If he took the lead, he had a better chance of beating Max because he can just go off into the sunset. Because obviously, you have no turbulent air if you're leading the race. So Hamilton knew that. Second factor is that any time that these guys have gone. Wheel to wheel. Um, I think Imola was one of them. And Barcelona. And Barcelona. The obviously Max is always going to be aggressive. Max will super aggressive. Will take you to that that finite point up to the point where he can bully you off the track, but he won't. And everybody knows that, right? So Hamilton being in second place in the championship. And having to have backed out those two times in order to avoid a collision. And has and didn't work for him. Yeah. He's always coming second. So at this is the point where one, he has to beat Max to cops. Two, he has to make sure 
that next time Max tries to bully him off the track, uh, 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 even uh, uh, though he didn't do it on purpose, I know what you're saying. He's has, he has to make a statement, dude. You can't just turn into me like that because then now we now we both have an issue if we both crashing out. Now you're the championship leader. If you crash out, what happens is that you lose out to me if you don't crash me out. You get what I'm trying to tell you? Of course. And that's exactly what happened. Not that Max did it on purpose. Not that Hamilton did it on purpose, because I think that was the narrative that Rebel was going going to, especially after the race with all the comments coming from, mm-hmm. from Horner and from Helmut Marco and from Max too on, on social media. Um you know, not that he did it on purpose, but it, it was to make a statement, dude, you're not going to build me around. I'm the champ. This ain't over yet. So who's for us? It was a racing incident. It was a racing incident because also you also see Max put the car in a position to defend. After you put that car going into that braking zone, you can't make another move. Mm-hmm. Max did kind of make another move going 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 into the inside. I don't know if he saw if he saw Hamilton or maybe he said, dude, I'm coming in no matter what. But if you're the championship leader, you gotta watch out for you that. need to watch out for that because you're leading the championship. And we've seen Lewis Hamilton do this multiple times the past few years. Being smart about it. Look at the difference it made. <laughs> yeah, look at the, the difference points. it made. Now, is Hamilton, yes, he has fault in it because obviously. Uh, he did cause that collision. Mm-hmm. He did take a tighter line. Um, it was very close going in. And remember, again, the car on the inside has to break first. So that's why it, it almost seemed like Max went, went ahead of him, right? Mm-hmm. Max went ahead of him. But they were right there. It was very close, even though I still think Max had that corner. But I don't see anything that was super wrong. The only thing that went wrong was that the car understood and kind of lost control of the car a little bit. Hamilton, we're talking mm-hmm. about Hamilton. And the wheel went into Max. Now, what saved Hamilton was that if what saved Hamilton was a red flag, because why he had Meaning a, not what, what saved what Hamilton's saved Hamilton race. was race was the red flag because even uh, they couldn't figure out what kind of damage he had. They, he he only had small damage, mm-hmm. on, body damage, uh, body body damage on his wing, but he but he had a cracked rim. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and Mercedes said if they didn't have if if they didn't if they didn't have um. That red flag, they couldn't fix that issue. Oof. He would have been DNF also. But if he had a cracked rim, wouldn't you just pit and twist the tires? Yeah, but I mean, but no, that okay, could have been a yeah. puncture. It could have been. It could have been no meaning for them, been to, for them to figure it out. What well, I mean, he, I know he had a cracked rim, but I don't know if there was any other damage. I know Mercedes said it would have been a DNF. Gotcha. Okay. No, no, yeah, right? it probably would have been because yeah. they, they, you're not able to see it while the car is running. Yeah, exactly. He probably would have so blown probably, out. And, yeah, and, yeah, but they were able. To, it was a, it was a, it was a cracked rim, and I think there was something else. I don't know if they. No, they even asked Bottas to pull alongside to see if he if he sees any damage. Yeah, and Bottas is not going to be able to see a cracked rim. It would be tough. So. I want to. I want to go back to the the incident. So even if worse, even if he does continue, even if he put it, yeah, he's yeah. still at the he back. He probably would have crashed out. Yeah. Crashed out. Yeah, Before he's still at continue, the back. Let's of the talk field. about that incident a little more. Yeah, because we haven't seen your point yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's talk about the red flag. We already have red flags. That's what you were talking about. Um, so we saw the and Karun Chandok did a great job of showing. Oh my God, Max turned back. Karun Chandok mm-hmm. in the super slow mo. Oh my God, Max turned the wheel. His car, his car was going fast. He was outside of the optimal line. He couldn't be on the optimal line Max. to be able to catch that turn. Max, he was on. Yes, no, okay. Well, Max. Max, okay, okay. He was on. outside. Right, 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 right. He was not on the optimal line to take the turn on the inside corner of 
cops. Cops, right. What would happen if he didn't try to turn back in? He'd go off the track. Mm-hmm. He's not thinking about Hamilton. He's like, holy crap, let me correct so I don't go off the track. I think that at that point, we know that the Red Bull car is better aerodynamically, we assume, based mm-hmm. on what we see, right? So maybe he overestimated how well he'd be able to do on the outside of that turn um, and that he would still be able to stay planted enough that he would be able to, you know, pull it back in, stay on track. I feel like that was kind of the, the correction that pushed him right into Hamilton. So I, I want to address one thing that Yancy said. That I was like, man, really? Like, you guys really think that Verstappen is so aggressive, right? I want to point out. Mm-hmm. Max Verstappen, his last penalty for an infringement was 2018 in Japan. 2018 in Japan when he pushed out Kimi Raikkonen, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go back. Austria, 2019. Actually, no, no. Let's go in, in reverse order. Twenty uh, Britain, just past weekend. Hamilton, 10-second penalty. Russia, 2020, 10-second penalty for the practice starts. Remember, he was yes. the practice starts. We'll fault that to the team. Italy, 2020, 10-second stop and go for ignoring two flashing red lights and going into the pits. That was a monzo. Monza. Austria 2020 receives five second penalty for colliding with Alex Albon. Almost almost the exact same accident. Crazy, (laughs) right? It's it's amazing how we forget about these things. Austria 2020 receives three place grid drop for ignoring yellow flags during qualifying. Brazil 2019 five second penalty for colliding with Alex Albon again in the exact same almost the exact same crash. Germany 2019 five second penalty for cutting pit lane entry. In, 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 in. Remember that? Austria 2019 (laughs) three place grid penalty for Impeding Kimi Raikkonen during qualifying. What I'm going to repeat. With aggressiveness. Hit Alex Albon twice. Okay. Ma- Max's last penalty, 2018 in Japan. Mm-hmm. I just went through 2021, 2020, and 2019, mm-hmm. where we're talking about collisions with Albon. Uh, and if we're talking about not just aggressiveness, but also just kind of being like not as careful a driver. The practice start thing, he collided with Max Verstappen this past weekend. Ignoring yellow flags, that to me is uh, is more of an unsafe driver than Max Verstappen. No, no. I, I just read yeah, you the yeah. facts. I, I, when, yeah, in those, I know, when you raise those facts, yeah, yeah, but that's fine. But I mean, we that's also, but we also, but we also complain. But we also complain. We also complain about the stewards, the stewards, and how they Going give penalties. Penalties that shouldn't be deserved. So how many of those are deserved? They're not. That's up to them. That's up. That's yeah, up like to our, they, like, the, like the yellow flag one, whatever. Yeah, or even but, but, or even going in the pit lane. So, I, that, that's no, not. That was, a, that that's not during the wheel to wheel battle. So I mean, I get you. Got you have a good point, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that if you look at overall Hamilton's career, Hamilton has never been that driver that is su- over aggressive. At any point, when Max has been super aggressive, and mind you, he's think, changed that up to the, up to some point. But also, no. we've we've also seen that when anybody tries to, to overtake Max, he pushes the limit. Up, up to, and maybe that's what he's good at. He's good at pushing to the limit where you can push out a driver to to the point where he doesn't get a he, he doesn't get a he doesn't get a uh, going to the to the point he doesn't get a penalty. Going to you know the facts that Wells pointed out to you know to justify his case, mm-hmm. I think what doesn't help Max is he, the aggression that you know gets played out is his burst as far as like when he gets mad or when something happens to him the way he, he comes yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Hamilton doesn't do that, right? right. Hamilton is very calm, mm-hmm. but right. the numbers, like, the the evidence doesn't lie. Like, you know, 
He's been. Yeah, I mean, because I, I mean, yeah, you have you you have a point, but you don't because we also complain about how the steward the stewards give out penalties. Yeah, but you know, in, in all of Hamilton's cases, those penalties might you know more than three quarters of them were justified. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, we saw, but he still wins championships. Yeah. <laughs> we saw. Never did I think I would get. Yes, he defending Lewis Hamilton, but yep. here we are. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you, you're trying to trash Lewis Hamilton too. Like, oh, I, I Aren't you a Mercedes fan? Yeah, like, what, what's going on over here? Because we're objective here, Ruben. <laughs> I, I, so I, I get and I don't get what you're saying about mm -hmm. all the penalties that they're decided to be dished out. We've seen that they've taken a very hard line this whole season. Mm -hmm. From Austria, we saw it multiple times. We saw it literally this weekend during the sprint qualifying with George Russell and Carlos Sainz, as we talked about before. We saw Lewis Hamilton in very, very similar incidents with Alex Albon receive penalties as well. Mm -hmm. it, it's hard for me to sit here and be like, oh, well, the, to listen and be like, oh, yeah, the stewards, they just give out penalties whenever they want. No, no. These are very, very similar incidents where something has happened and the stewards have consistently given a penalty for those types of infractions. Mm -hmm. So do you think... Uh, but uh, but I thought this email mm -hmm. was trying to hide all those facts. We didn't even get to that. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> so anyway, my whole thing is that I think it was a racing I, incident. I listen uh, from what I see on track, and obviously you you want to read out the penalties and stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm more of I'm more of I'm more I'm more eyeballing. I see. So like the evidence <laughs> yes, is there. Yes, you went you, blank. You just, oh, oh man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you went blank. You're, you're going with your gut, right? That seems to go with my a gut. Tradition here. You're I'm, going with I'm your gut. Ruben's advice. Yeah, going with your gut. This is I've always seen Max as super aggressive when anybody's trying to overtake him. Always seen that. I we He's barely, barely we barely, we That's barely driver. Yeah. We barely see that with Lewis. Dude, we even saw that with Ocon. Yeah, we've barely <laughs> seen that with Lewis because himself. Lewis has always been out front. This is the first time we've seen Lewis trying to, you know. Literally fighting from behind to get ahead. Rosberg? Well, that I've seen. So, Max, to me, I think he's can be very aggressive. and I th But he's very good at pushing the line to the point where he doesn't get a penalty. But can it scare off all the drivers if, if they're right beside him? Yes. And and at some point it has scared it, it definitely has scared off Vettel. We've seen that before. It's scared off Leclerc, scared off Kimi Raikkonen, yeah. scared off Hamilton. And scared off Hamilton and Hamilton. This race said no mas. And Ocon pay for it. So <laughs> I want to I want to try and understand before I get back to the mm -hmm. thing to the incident again. I want to try and understand what you guys are saying. You're saying that somebody like Max that kind of pushes so much, but doesn't get the penalty. Mm -hmm. He's a, overly aggressive. It's hard for somebody like no, that. No, I didn't say overly aggressive. I said he's aggressive. Okay, so he's aggressive mm -hmm. versus a guy like Lewis Hamilton. It's harder for somebody like Max to, somebody like what, what we just talked about, pushes, you know, drives around, doesn't get the penalties, kind of mm -hmm. works within the limits. It's harder for him to get a championship over over the course of a whole season. Uh, to get a championship? To win the championship over the course of a whole season because no, of, the, because of his style to drive? No, no, I wouldn't say that at all. I think that's just his style of driving. Just the same way I think like Lewis is more of a like a finesse driver. Um he's a very he's very good at overtaking. He's very good um at at staying ahead and being ahead. Um and he's also very good um on managing his tires. It, it's a different style of driving and you're seeing two different style of driving clash. It's interesting. So yeah. what, if you, I, what if I what if I switch see, the names? Do you see Verstappen being the one to dethrone Hammond? 
may not be this year, but I'm just saying. Yeah, eventually it'll happen. I'm not, I don't doubt that at all. What if I switch the names, right? And we're talking about somebody who pushes the limits, whatever, a little aggressive, just goes right up until the penalty line but doesn't get one, right? And then another driver who's kind of really his main challenger, et cetera. And I switch the names from Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen to Michael Schumacher and Mika Hakkinen, right? Yeah. We've we've talked about how mm-hmm. Max has that Michael Schumacher esque like just yeah. attitude, getting people's faces. Yeah. So you, you could definitely win a championship that way, absolutely. And and Michael Schumacher yeah. was super aggressive. Wellington went back there. Dude. Yeah, I'm but bringing the heat too. today. You see Jeez. that? Yeah. Jeez. You give him enough time. Whoa. <laughs> Who'd win in a fight? Me or Batman? Three days practice. <laughs> Three days practice. <laughs> yeah, but we've seen it, but we also seen Senna that way. I mean, what, what we've that, seen. Yeah, it's another one. Yeah. Yeah. Senna so, versus Prost. I would never one. say that Max wouldn't win the championship. No, I'm just saying he's aggressive. Would I say he's overly aggressive? He has been, yeah, absolutely. But I, but I think he's honed that down to being an aggressive enough, I, I, yeah, aggressive enough where people will think about overtaking him. The facts that was brought up earlier has shown that he has matured, mature, yeah, compared to what he was before. Absolutely, so we got to give him credit for that. He's yeah, had, but. Doesn't help Hamilton all this fight. <laughs> so I mean, to me, like I said, it's a. I consider it a racing incident. I don't think uh, that it's as diabolical on either side. Mm-hmm. I think that if if you put yourself in each driver's head, Hamilton, like you specifically said, mm-hmm. he needed to hit that line, come out of cops as fast as possible, so he doesn't lose the whole race right there on lap one. Right. Max Verstappen on the outside of that. I don't even know. Karun Chandak, you know, the, the cars pulled up not even fully next to each other, but he was very fast to say, oh, look, you could see the, the Mercedes there. But when you're in the middle of a turn as fast as cops and you're trying to make sure you don't fly off of the track, I don't know if he really saw the guy, to be 100% honest. He probably didn't, to be honest with you, because you can't see anything behind you anyways. And especially if they're right next to you like that. Yeah. So, um, but, I, but he knew he was around because he's been fighting him, you know, the whole way through, through the track. So he... So what Max should have done was guesstimate. Oh, Lewis might. But and there. that was gonna be the last. Right? Honestly, that was gonna be the last overtaking opportunity that Lewis that Lewis would have until maybe until pit, maybe, yeah. So yeah, then Max, but Max would know that. Max would know that as well. Um, I don't like I said. I don't. I don't think Max. I think it was it was more Lewis's fault, but it wasn't completely his fault. It's a racing incident. It's the first lap. You you know it's it's for the title, and you've seen drivers you know, get into these collisions where they don't want to give an inch when they're fighting for the championship. Senna Prost, Schumacher and uh, Villeneuve. Um, You've seen it throughout history. So it it just, it's the way it's going to be. And there's nothing, there's nothing out of the ordinary about this. Things just got better for us, baby. This ain't over yet. So the immediate reactions afterwards, after the, the whole incident, whatever, Max literally flies like a missile into the barriers. 51 Gs was the deceleration force at the impact, which is bananas. Mm-hmm. Christian Car Horner. destroyed. Christian Horner and the Red Bull, I'm calling it the Red Bull race director. I forgot the guy's name. They were on the on the horn right away to Michael Messi. Oh, my God, what a disaster. Hamilton, you know, you never go up the inside of cops. You never blah, put blah, a wheel blah. there. Yeah, you never put a wheel there. That's such a bad argument. But Total Wolf. Uh, Michael, we just sent you the diagrams of where the cars were. Can you, you, check, your can you check your email? 
Total, I don't check my email during a race. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of the soap opera? The politics right away. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Just coming out like the drama behind it. That was so good. That was so funny. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're not lobbying the stewards because obviously it's the stewards that make the decision. But at that point, it didn't look like it was the stewards because they just gang up on Michael. Michael, Michael. Yeah, Michael, Michael. because because they're you see the, Michael Corleone or something. Because you know, the, the only the person Godfather. that they can politic <laughs> with is Michael Massey. Gotcha. Right. Because, because Michael, the stewards don't because, have the. Yeah, the stewards. I mean, the only thing. Let's say the official role of Michael Massey. One of the roles of Michael Massey during the race is that if they see something, they can report it to the stewards. And the stewards to take a look at it and make a decision. Gotcha. But I mean, obviously, in an incident like that, I don't think Michael Massey has to tell anything to the stewards. They're gonna investigate it. To yeah, see yeah, who yeah. has who, yeah, who I was that for? He did answer. I, I think I don't know if it was to Horner or Toto that he said, "Hey, look, if we're not just one up on the board, it's being investigated." Right, and that's you're it. welcome to come up if you want to, but it's just being investigated. Yeah, but it, Michael Massey is not gonna present the. This is like lobbying and politics, <laughs> like. You know, Michael Massey's not going to give evidence to the stewards. I just got he, an email. Yeah, I just got an email. <laughs> Here you go. Can you please check process. this out? Yeah, run into you know, the courtroom. Oh, my God. I mean. Put five more minutes in the red yeah. flag so we could look at this email. But it, it, the best thing that F1 has done this year is introduce or let us hear radio from the teams to the FIA. Because we've gotten such insight as to, even during a race, in the heat of a race, the politics that goes on in the background. Yep. Um, I thought it was and that's actually dope. pretty cool. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Christian Horner, I think he's just a, a troll, the troll king. Yeah, I mean, his argument <laughs> that... King. I think his argument that you no one ever puts a wheel inside cops it's here, like dude. come on dude like how many you've seen plenty of overtakes oh, there you saw lewis do it twice after, after the red him. flag and he and he got the overtakes done clean i mean this thing's happened it's a racing incident especially when you're talking about lap one it, you know eventually this was going to happen it happened and uh, you know they the stewards thought that obviously um they never they never said like it's not like when so the the same the similar incident with George Russell and Sainz in the sprint in the sprint qualifying, they mentioned in their ruling that the person that was completely at fault was George Russell, and they gave him a three place grid penalty. In the decision that came out after that incident with Verstappen and Ma I mean Verstappen and Max, Verstappen well, and Hamilton, they didn't put blame fully on either Verstappen or Hamilton. It was a racing incident, but they did assign some of the blame to Hamilton, and accordingly, they gave him a 10-second penalty. Now, is it enough? That's you know, Obviously, that's up to them. The, we will see it to yeah, the year that, progress. So that's up to them. We but saw, they did give him a penalty, and usually a 10-second penalty will, you know. That's like the medium penalty. Yeah, exactly. It's not the least. So do you think it was too harsh or too soft in the penalty? I think it was just right. I think it was just right, too. I think that it's in line with, guys, we want to see racers make it to the end because that is our product. And if you guys keep doing this crap. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw Helmut Marco right away ask for a one-race ban. A little too much. Yeah. Right? He wanted to make up for the Wouldn't expect anything point. less from right. Red Bull anyways. Right. We saw Verstappen on social media. I'll read the quote from him. First of all, I'm, first of all, I'm glad I'm okay. It was an impact at 51G but feeling better. 
Obviously, very disappointed with being taken out like this. Uh, the penalty given does not help us in any way and doesn't do justice to the dangerous move Lewis made on track. Watching the celebrations after a race while still in the hospital is disrespectful and unsportsmanlike behavior, but we move on. What the heck did he expect? What Especially penalty? On this guy's home track. What penalty? Well, not yeah. only a penalty, but the celebration. What penalty did he expect if, would make it even? If even. the tables would, if the tables had turned, Max would have been celebrating the win. Especially if he's his home track. Exactly. So I mean, it's not unsportsmanlike. Uh, one, Hamilton straight up through the radio, through his engineer, asked, is Max okay? Yeah. Okay, title rival, mind you, things mm -hmm. get heated, is Max okay? That's one. Um, second, again, no, you know, obviously in Red Bull's eyes, Hamilton is fully to blame for that. Of course. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's a debate still raging on. <laughs> Nobody really knows who was to blame for it. So we can't really assign blame anyway. Uh, there was an email, by the way. Yeah. And showing. <laughs> yeah. Showing exactly what happened. And the stewards did give Lewis Hamilton a 10 second pounce. Yeah. And I don't think if, if we keep talking about this, it, it, we yeah, we're forward. not going to come to any. I just, yeah, look, I mean, it's at the end of the day, right? Take it, take everything. Outside, stepping outside of this race, the only thing I would like to see is for Lewis Hamilton in these instances to be a little more careful. And it sounds crazy to say about Lewis Hamilton, right? I mentioned earlier, twice already with Albon, now with Max Verstappen. We want to see these these people racing, right? Albon, actually both times I think was going to overtake Hamilton. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Max Verstappen, whatever. I wanted to see the race, but is what it is. It just sucks that it's already happened three times and all three times against a Red Bull driver. Maybe that's what Marco was thinking. I don't know. It just makes for interesting and better racing to me. Especially this year. Yes. Because it ain't over yet. The race between the two teams are so all we, all we need is one DNF. That's what Total Wolf said last week. And then boom. Look boom. <laughs> this ain't over yet. And we said boom. it last week too. And this is not over yet. It was not a reliability DNF. That we're still waiting for. we're still, waiting, no, we're still for waiting for. That might happen now. Because and everybody has car. been saying that eventually if Max and Lewis, especially if they're fighting for the title, go wheel to wheel, this was going to happen. Why have they been saying it? Not because they have a magic eight ball th predicting the future. No, because this is what always happens when you have two drivers that are closely matched. For the most part, you're going to have a collision. The nope. odds are you're going to have a collision. Nope. I'll tell you two drivers I have not. Who? Lando and Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yo, they race together all the time and they never crash. Anyway, well, they're not fighting for yo, the championship. The one, thing, the one last thing I wanted to talk about with this whole thing was the whole... Sucks to even talk about it, the whole racism thing. I wasn't too clear as to what exactly was said to Hamilton, whatever, but everybody came out against it on social media. I, I saw some screenshots and blatant racism, using the N-word, using... Um, you know, the monkey emoji, using the gorilla emoji, using the shit. I mean, well, yeah, whatever. Do do the emoji. Um, Chocolate ice cream. Yeah. Chocolate ice cream. <laughs> I mean, I it, it's it's blatant. 
it was um i i think that there was some effort by the more social media platforms to clean some of it up because i didn't see it myself but i did see screenshots of other people posting of what was going on um and yeah there's no place for that we're, we're you know it, we're fighting this is sport everybody's competing against each other everybody's fighting each other but we're fighting each other on the track it, you know and you, where you come from or your background or you know the color, color of your skin. your skin does not should does not should not should never enter the discussion because we're all you know we're all human beings at the end of the day it was disgusting from what I, what I saw and it sucks that we still have to talk about this down age and uh, and if you ever want a justification for one why you have we race as one that we race as one ceremony at the beginning of every grand prix the hamilton and commission. why lewis hamilton created the hamilton commission and why he has been so outspoken about this especially after what happened with george floyd um that was evidence of why and and he, also the hamilton commission did come out if um you know, obviously found a lot of discrepancies between the jobs that, you know, people who hold jobs in F1, as far as there is literally little to none minority representation in the jobs in F1, which they definitely have to work on. And then, you know, subsequently you saw uh, F1 having, you know, uh, Formula One management with an effort to um, hire more people of color or train people for those kinds of jobs. I think it did not interest me. So I didn't even look around for that. Like yeah. it was just I just if I if I was to feed my energy into it, I'd be wasting right. my time. So I just honestly I didn't see a single post. I saw the post that people were making against against right. them. Yeah. I did not look into seeing what was said, what was sent out, emoji. I don't I don't have time for that crap. So I agree. Yeah. yeah I mean and I think none of us do but we can't but we also have to acknowledge that it exists. No, no, you, you, you what I say is, yeah, it does exist, and you fight it with, with mm -hmm. justification. You know, mm -hmm. get yourself ready to to be at the upper level jobs and all the other stuff. So, mm -hmm. when it comes to opportunity, you fit for it and you take it. That's it. Mm -hmm. And hey, look at Lewis Hamilton. You know, he was a first color driver at the top of his yeah, game, the, the goat. You know, the issue is, is that no, I'm just, I'm just I, I, you're, saying what, what I'm saying. Right, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not looking at the whole spectrum. Yeah, but not, the, the issue is also that. The opportunity is not given, and that's what we have to start doing: is giving opportunities to people that are, that clearly are qualified, but don't get those opportunities for the jobs. So that's a whole different mm -hmm. topic, mm -hmm. right? So moving on. There you go. Driver of the day, Yancy, hit it. First place, most of the race. Listen, let me tell you something. After that collision, we obviously had the red flag. The person who was ahead was Charlie Leclerc. My boy, Charlie. But I wasn't getting my hopes up because <laughs> I already knew that the cars behind them, especially that you had Hamilton and Bottas right behind them, mm -hmm. who were clearly faster than the Ferrari, we're eventually going to overtake him. But as the race went on, and we saw that Lewis Hamilton would kind of get close to him, but he said it over the radio that um, 
He said it over the radio that once they get close to him, the air is so turbulent they couldn't overtake. It was very hard to follow. And we saw that eventually he kept, you know, kept uh, elongating that gap. I thought, damn it, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Charlie's going to pull out a miracle. We're going to get a Ferrari victory on the 75th anniversary of Ferrari's first win in F1. And what happened? He didn't win. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, the faster car won. Listen. But he did. But you know what? To get second place in Silverstone, this was not expected. Testament to how good the Ferrari car has been, how good of a driver. How good it's been developing. Yes. Getting up to the task. How good of a driver Leclerc is, and also Sainz. Yes. Hit the drive. So. Carlos Sainz battled back from 11th place finish in the sprint race to a 6th place finish during the race. Yeah. Dude has acclimated so well to the car. It's I think probably the best driving duel right now yeah. on the grid. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with you on that. Driving duo, not just I'm talking, driving duo. But we there's something I, I want to point out. Obviously, not to take nothing away from Charles Leclerc, the way he drove and stuff like that. During the restart, I was actually a little mad that just saying, why in the hell is Lewis Hamilton not taking this guy right out of the start? Mm-hmm. Because obviously that's what I was expecting, you know. Yeah. Hey, there's going to be a restart. Lewis Hamilton overtake Charles Leclerc. I'm going to run away with it. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen, and then it was just the pace that the Ferrari car got from those tires. It was just they yeah, couldn't, they couldn't even believe it. But wait, mm-hmm. we have spoken this about this before, where your number two driver or your second driver from your team makes a lot has a lot to do with the development of the race and the and the finishing of the race. Mm-hmm. So imagine if. Sergio Perez was in the position he's supposed to be, meaning not far from Max or right next to Max. Mm-hmm. Max he wins crashed. that race. That would have been. Yep. There's no way there's Hamilton no way would have been able to catch up the Red Bull in front there. Yeah, and then we don't know. I mean, I yes or no? We don't know what kind of damage that car had after that collision. Obviously, the car wasn't Max's, at 100. Uh, talking about car. Hamilton's car wasn't at 100. Um, percent But Bottas, seeing from what happened in Baku. Yeah. That Hamilton pretty much could not get through, you know, with Paris. Mm-hmm. If that would have, it would have been pretty much a similar situation now where probably Hamilton would have caught up to Paris but not been able to pass. Yeah, but. And it, then it would have been a, a rebel. So here's you know, the thing. We saw, we saw, uh, uh, we saw that Bottas had to pay earlier than, than normal. Er, earlier than normal um, because he had to cover off Lando because Lando was right behind him. Um, so you have to cover up. So at the end of the race, we saw that that uh, Bottas couldn't push as much as he could because he was in tire management. He was he had to manage the tires, which why why he couldn't get he couldn't even um, even catch up to Leclerc at that point. So again, if we see that Red Bull, which was clearly faster, that Red Bull pushing in that top three, it would have been a very different result. Because then you would have had other drivers having to cover him. And obviously Max went off, could have possibly won the race. And also, could you imagine Lando having a, a clean pit? That would also change the ending of the race yes, when, he came, did to, have, when he came with Bottas and, and yeah, his, he did, his position. He did have, uh, I think it was a six-second stop. Six-second like stop, yeah. Yeah. 
So I mean, it was um, it was an interesting race overall. And also going back to the to the science Leclerc thing, have you seen also the science and Leclerc and like just neck to neck in qualifying? Yeah, it's crazy. They're like so. I mean, it's very not only close. not only just them two. Obviously, every car past the top three or top four, like mm -hmm. they're like super neck to neck. But obviously, team wise, these guys are just overshooting each other by milliseconds. And it's. I would say, for example, you can. Compare... I think Carlos Sainz is doing way better than expected. Yeah, as, as, as being absolutely, absolutely, he's definitely doing way better than expected. Uh, you see, I, I would, I would compare the qualifying between um, qualifying duo. Be, be, yeah, the qualifying duo between Leclerc and Sainz with what you see most times, I would say, with with Hamilton and Bottas, where Hamilton always ekes out uh, Bottas, but Bottas is right, right there. there with him. So. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'm 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 happy, <laughs> <laughs> especially going into uh, into the Hungaro ring. I feel because we know that the Ferrari is very good in those slow corners, mm -hmm. um, and the fact that they can pull out this result at Silverstone, which is super high speed track, very flowy track, that the that Ferraris were not only what did they go well in qualifying in the and in the races. Um, McLaren better watch out. Yeah, and then you have two drivers in top form. McLaren think, better, better watch out. Yeah, but McLaren is also bringing upgrades to that. No, I know, yeah, but I'm saying, but so, it's, it's showing that McLaren is not going to run with it. Uh, listen, we have we have two two fights that are going to go down to the end, and that's between Red Bull and Mercedes for the for, for, the, for the constructor championship, and we have. Uh, Ferrari and McLaren fighting for, for third place. For the best of the rest. Yeah. So it should be fun. It's uh, fun season so far, guys. Can't complain. The McLaren duo, we saw um sorry, we saw Daniel Ricardo, Lando Norris. Lando Norris finished fourth, Daniel Ricardo finished fifth. This was actually Daniel Ricardo's first fifth place top five finish the whole year. Yes. Lando Norris has been popular. Yeah. He needs that. Yeah. Lando Norris has been popping him out like whatever. Bubblegum, I guess. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. That was actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> pop, pop, pop. <laughs> Finally, we see Danny Ricardo getting gear. Um, get into where he's supposed to be. Yeah. You will see. What did he do last week? He, he's, been, he's been getting better. He has slowly, slowly but surely. But surely Getting better, as I've mentioned before, and I'll His say luck is it again. He doesn't seem like a driver who is down on himself. He's just getting at it, and he is—he knows that he's a good driver. He's a seven-time race winner. Um, he knows that eventually he'll get back into form. It's disappointing that he hasn't gotten into form quicker. Mm -hmm. However, we're going in the right direction. And we'll soon see Ricardo up there getting similar results. I don't know if he's going to beat Norris. Norris is driving lights out, and we all know that confidence is everything with drivers. But Ricardo's confidence is coming back. You see it in his demeanor, which is very important. He, I mean, it, this is why I say that we're into we're we're in a very good fight between Ferrari. And McLaren, because now you're going to have two driver duels, which will be at the top of their game, and the cars are very similar. Like Toto said, all it takes are DNF. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. 
Speaking of that, we had the Max DNF. We had Sergio Perez, no points finish. We had Lewis Hamilton first. Valtteri Bottas third. What does that mean? Red Bull Honda, Red Bull Racing Honda constructors, 289 points. Mercedes, 285. Now we're down to a four-point lead for the constructors. <laughs> Ain't over yet. Go on to the other set of teams. McLaren, 163. Ferrari, 148. 15. 15-point right difference. 15-point right difference. There. I'm going to call out the next branch here. AlphaTauri, Aston Martin, Alpine. 49-48-40. Right there. So it's a battle for first, battle for third, battle for fifth. And then... Man, what happened to AlphaTauri, man? They're just... I don't know. Consistency. Two, yeah. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. Would you say that they're the most disappointing team on the grid so far? No, Aston no, Martin. No, Aston Martin. Definitely. By far, Aston Martin. Yeah. Dude, when they're talking about bringing the old, you know, the old livery to see if he changes his luck. <laughs> they're trying to be... They were yeah, fighting, but, trying to be fighting for third. But the thing is that, for example... For you see, you see how Racing Point was last year when you have high expectations. Mm -hmm. I think that that the AlphaTauri, um, obviously how how quick that car has been, uh, and we see, you know, Gasly driving pretty good. It's just I guess we we expect we expected more of them, and it's disappointing to see that they're just dropping out of that race cool. because they really thought that. We really thought that they could compete with uh, Ferrari and McLaren. Could we say that even the team was not ready for how good of a pace the car brought out? Uh, yeah. I mean, the inexperience falls exactly. into that too. Yeah, man. And we saw that last year with Racing Point, which is now Aston Martin. So. Championship. Max Verstappen, 185. Lewis Hamilton, 177. Eight-point difference. Lando Norris, 113 in third place. Valtteri Bottas, 108. Five-point difference now, finally. Mm -hmm. Sergio Perez, 104. He's Valtteri Bottas, too. 108. Yeah. Charles Leclerc, 80. Carlos Sainz, 68. Daniel Ricciardo, 50. Things are starting to get tight, right? Yep. Will Charles Leclerc be able to catch Bottas, Sergio Perez, and Lando Norris? That's really, you know, he's, it's separated by 33 points across the five of them, four of them. I don't yeah, know. that'll we'll be interesting. We'll that, that'll be tough to do as well. Yeah. Last thing that I kind of wanted to talk about during, from this race was how about your boy, Fernando Alonso? We saw him crazy start at the sprint race qualifying. We saw him finish seventh in the race itself behind the McLarens, behind the, the Ferraris, which is kind of where we expect that car to be. It's only going up from here, right? He's having fun, man. He looks like the Fernando of old. He's a old, witty driver who knows how to race. And uh, and what what I love about Fernando Alonso is that no matter what car you give him, he is going to get the best out of that car. Um, I don't think that the Alpine is as good as the results that he is getting out of that car, which is why I think ultimately the difference in that fight between the constructors, which you have um, AlphaTauri, Aston Martin, and Alpine, I think the difference in that fight will ultimately be Fernando Alonso. Because I don't think, I don't even think, the maybe the only other driver 
that can compete with him would be Vettel, even though Gasly has been driving well. Um, I think Fernando Alonso is a better driver than Vettel. Um, and I think that he is dragging that team, putting it on his back, and dragging that team to the fight for fifth. I think Alonso is enjoying himself. And I think also the expectations coming into this year from Dakar is not what he what he's getting out of it. Meaning he's overperformed where the car where they pretty much sold him on where the car was gonna be. It's a three year old chassis, man. No, no, what I'm, this is what I'm saying. No, I got you, yeah. So for example, they did not tell him, No, no, this is a championship winning car, we're gonna go for mm-hmm. they told him, no, no, this car, we're lucky if we can you know, every week and win the top ten. Yeah. So he's super stoked that he's put it in seven. Mm-hmm. Because, no, no, I'm beating the expectations from the car, so I'm doing awesome. And he's also enjoying himself. Right. Come on, the attitude that he has from here to where he was with McLaren is freaking, yeah, freaking I mean, nine and day. And and he's doing it on all facets. Qualifying. Yep. You know, a great starts, you know, managing tires. I mean, the guy is doing it all. And he's just, he's driving like Fernando Alonso. And when Fernando Alonso is driving... The way he is, he's always been driving. He is, he's great, man. And I, that's this is why I was excited to see him back in F one again because these are the kind of performances that he was put in an even worse car when he was with McLaren. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see him make the difference in that race for fifth. On, yeah. on him, I can't wait for next year since the yes. cars are going to be more competitive, yep. more you know, yeah. more if closer the cars together. Are going to be as close as they say they're going to be. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's going to be fun. Boys, anything else coming out of this thing? Uh, what did you guys think about the new car? I was going to say something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Got to wait for it with a livery. That livery was Did you guys like the look? Look like an indie car. I don't know what an indie car. No, I think we should have that those translucent colors that he has and stuff like that. He did not let you see the diesel. That's why I say we have to yeah, now wait and see and see with a livery so we mm-hmm. can be see more, you know? Do you guys think it'll be, does it look like it's going to be a car that you have closer racing? In? Oh, it will be because that's, what the, that's like, what the computer that's tells them. That's a weird them. question. How can I tell? That's what the computer is telling them. Aren't that's what they're hoping to do. Aren't you the engineer and the aerodynamicist? What am I going to do? Blow at the TV and be like, we have a fucking way, You man. blow smoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and see the smoke noise. He blows on the screen. Anything. Okay, he's going all over the place. Yeah. So I guess the, the setup is wrong. <laughs> I think it, I mean, yeah, it looked kind of cool. The only thing I didn't like was the front of it. It looked like Alf. <laughs> okay, what? Like Alf. You don't remember Alf? Uh, all right. The, big the, nose. The, show? the big nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <Well>, you get <laughs> I gotta look at the car now to see it. <laughs> 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 How does? <laughs> what does the car look like? It looked like Alf. <laughs> 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 what the He's like, what am I gonna do with these guys? <laughs> Go ahead, Wallace. Who would have thought that I would have heard a reference to Alf today? Is that a thirty-year-old show? Uh, on that note, at Jump to Start F One on Twitter and Instagram. Comment, subscribe, leave uh, reviews on. Uh, sorry, I'm still thinking about Alpha. <laughs> Why? 
podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube. Drop a like, subscribe, drop a comment, say what's up. That's it. See you guys next week for the Hungaro Ring Preview. Bye. Bye. Bye.